Well, amen once again for church. How many of you come expecting God to do something tonight? Praise the Lord for it. That's how we ought to come to every service because the things that you can get in church, you can't get anywhere else. Uh, When you come to church, you have the promise of God, a God who cannot lie, that he's going to meet with us. We have his eternal word before us. You can't find that anywhere else. Amen. This has been preserved by God. And we have it uh, so that we might know the very mind of God. And then God has chosen the foolishness of preaching. He has called a preacher and uh, he'll stand before you every time you come to this church, whether it's the pastor of the church or someone that he asks to come, it'll be a man of God that's called by God to stand to preach the word of God. And you can expect to hear from God when you have a man of God preaching from the word of God. Amen. And uh, you're not going to audibly hear God. You're going to audibly hear the man of God, but you will hear the Spirit of God speak through the man of God to your spirit. And God knows more about you than you know about yourself. He knows what you have need of. And when you come hungry, thirsting for the things of God, and you come expecting God to meet with you and to speak to you, uh, you won't leave uh, disappointed. I believe that God wants to meet with you. He wants to speak to you. We have to just open up our hearts to him. It's often been said that we're as close to God today as you desire to be because God's left it up to you. He's done his part. He wants you to be as close to him as as you want to come. He has made it possible for you to be forgiven of your sins. He's made it possible for you to be able to come to him at any point and communicate with him through prayer. Amen. And so we're as close to the Lord as what we have a desire to be. If you have a desire to get closer, then you just got to look to the Word of God to find out what I need to do that I'm not doing. And I trust that through this week that God has spoken to you, the messages, I believe God wanted me to come to preach those messages, every one of them. And I think that there's, uh, there's, there's uh, messages that can be a help to us. And I trust that they have been a help and encouragement to you. And now we close it out tonight. And uh, it, it seems like we got so much when we first go into a conference, so much to cover. And thinking about all the messages that I know that I've been praying about and the Lord put on my heart, and I thought, wow, I don't know how I'm going to get through all of that, amen? And now it's coming to the end. I'm thinking, wow, where'd the time go? And, and I trust that you so, somewhat feel that way as well, that you get excited about these missions conferences and different activities, every service that you come to in the church, and before you know it, it's over. And you say, where'd the time go? And, uh, but uh, you'll leave stronger because of it. You'll leave with, with that help and that spiritual information that God had for you. It'll encourage you. It'll help you to be more of what, who God wants you to be. Well, tonight, I want you to turn with me to Genesis in chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. We've already been blessed tonight. It's a blessing to see what God is doing through missionaries Uh, all around the world. And when a missionary comes and shows those slides, uh, realizing that's what's taking place in Australia. And if you give to Faith Promise Missions, if you support your local church as God wants you to, you can claim uh, some of that blessing of that. It's because of you and your desire to be a part of that that uh, they're able to go. And they partner with the churches. Uh, We can't all go, but we are all commissioned to go, amen, physically. And so since we can't go, then we can encourage and help others, partners with those that God has called so that they can go and we will see the gospel preached all around the world. And this is just a glimpse of uh, the missions work that this church is involved in. 
And I went through this, the bulletin this morning and looking at all your missionaries and hearing that you're coming up on that $100,000, $100,000 given to missions. And uh, that just encouraged my heart, blessed my heart to know that that's what this church is doing for missions. And I'm excited about what it's going to continue to do. Now, watch the future. Your future is bright. Amen. You have, as I told you last night, as I preached last night, uh, God's placed you here in New York City and has given you this great church. And this, this city needs this lighthouse. It needs the witness of this church. And you are the witnesses. You are, the, you are what represents this church and this community and wherever you might go. And I trust that you'll hang on to that and look to be all that what God would have you to be. Genesis chapter 22, go ahead and stand with me. We're going to read 18 verses tonight, a very familiar uh, passage of scripture. It's a very familiar story in the Old Testament, and uh, God has everything in the Bible, every word. We're to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so he's preserved it for us, and the examples and the illustrations so that we might learn from that, that we might learn these biblical principles and be helped by that. And so I trust that tonight that you... You let God speak to you through this example of uh, Abraham. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 22 and verse 1, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, And offer him therefore a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide here, ye here, with the ass, and I and the lad will go beyond and worship and come again to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood... But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together, and they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he, laid, and he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I, have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, 
that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. And let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, as we bow before you once again, we love you, Lord, and thank you for, first of all, loving us. We thank you for church. And God, for the opportunity that each one that's here tonight had to come to church. And then, Lord God, for their faith to take advantage of the opportunity. And I pray that you'd bless that tonight. I pray that you'd bless their faith in being in church. And I pray tonight, God, we've already received a blessing from being here. And we have been an encouragement to everyone else that's around us. Everyone here has been an encouragement to everyone else that is here. Thank you for that. And now, fathers, we open up the precious word that you have preserved for us. And we study in this event in the life of Abraham. I know that you have a message for each one here tonight. So I pray that you'd speak to each one as they have need to be spoken to. Pray that you'd use me once again as an instrument in your hand to bring forth your message from your word to preach to your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Faith promise missions is very important. I think it's the most biblical way to give uh, to missions. That's God's plan. If you study the scriptures, you'll see that this is God's plan. It's what I, by faith, promise to give God as he supplies. Basically being a vessel that God would work through to support worldwide missions. Abraham's willingness to offer his son Isaac is a perfect illustration. The biblical principle that we find in Abraham being willing to do what God told him to do is an ex, just a perfect illustration of what we do by giving through faith promised missions. Abraham was chosen by God to establish the nation of Israel. He was given the Abrahamic covenant. What a blessing there. They would be known as God's chosen people, the nation of Israel. We find that from him, even in the New Testament, all families of the earth would be blessed because of what God would do through the seed of Abraham in the Old Testament leading to the New Testament, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is an example of faith for all to look to. We don't divide this two and say, no, we're just New Testament church. We're just New Testament Christianity. And the Old Testament is not there for us. That's not true. The whole Bible is here for us. I believe the New Testament is within the Old Testament. It was revealed by the Lord Jesus Christ. The church was somewhat of a mystery in the Old Testament. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit was somewhat a mystery of the Old Testament. Uh, Jesus coming and being the sacrificial lamb was somewhat a mystery in the Old Testament. But it was always God's plan. And so even now in the New Testament, we can look back into the Old Testament and learn these biblical principles that God has for us. And Abraham, the example of Abraham's faith, is for all of us to continue to look to and be blessed by today. 
Matter of fact, that's what the Bible says. That's what Jesus revealed to us in Galatians in chapter 3. Go ahead and turn there with me if you will. Mark these verses down. Go home and study them to make sure that what I preach is from the Word of God. Amen. I believe that every believer ought to do that. Galatians in chapter 3 and verse 6. The Bible says, as Paul now, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, is writing what Jesus had already taught them, and now he's putting in writing, writing to the church in Galatia. He says, even as Abraham believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. For ye therefore, ye therefore, New Testament, that they which know ye therefore that they which are of faith The same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, the Gentiles, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all the nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. And now we can't go into detail on that, but just understanding that he is an example of faith for all of us to look to today. The first thing to learn from what we've just read in our story this, this evening, the life of Abraham, the first thing to learn is to give to God what God asks for. To give to God what God asks for. God cannot ask too much. I believe we need to do what he said, Jesus taught in Matthew 6, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Put God first. Put God first and you can have a good marriage. If both put God first, you can have a great marriage. Put God first and you can have blessings in raising children. If you raise your children they start putting God first, you can have a great family. <laughs> you see, if it, it takes, in any relationships, it takes two to have a, a right relationship, a blessed relationship, the kind of relationship that God wants you to have. It takes two. But it only takes one to be right with God in that relationship. And in all your relationships of life, this ought, this ought to be what we dedicate ourselves to. If this relationship fails, it will not fail because I did not give myself totally to God to be the person that God wants me to be in this relationship. Amen. And if both look to God, you can have the blessings of God on that, in that relationship. Learn to give to God whatever God asks for in every area of our lives. Abraham, in verse 1, Abraham knew what, that God would test his faith. He already knew that because God had tested his faith in the past. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto Abraham... And he said unto Abraham, and he, and he said, Behold, here I am. God came to Abraham. He knew that he was going to ask Abraham to do something that would test Abraham. 
And so we find that Abraham knew that God would test him. The Bible records there in the Old Testament that word tempt. That word tempt means to try or to test. In some places in the Bible, uh, the word tempt means to entice or to allure to do something immoral. Can I tell you that God will never tempt you to do anything? Well, you say it's right there, but you don't, you have to understand the definition of the words that you're reading. Look with me to Hebrews in chapter 11. Hebrews in chapter 11. Satan tempts, God tests. There's a difference. God will never, you will never be tempted to do good by God. But you'll always be tempted to do evil by the devil. Amen? God just tells us what he wants us to do and he'll test to see if we have faith enough to do it. But he'll not tempt you to do good. God cannot tempt. The Bible reveals that to us. But here in Hebrews in chapter 11, it helps us to know exactly what God was telling Abraham. The word tempt there. Now we look in Hebrews in chapter 11 and verse 17. And that's why it's good to know the whole Bible. Amen? The Bible interprets the Bible. <laughs> if you read a verse and you say, boy, that just doesn't seem to fit with what I believe the whole Bible to say, it's probably because you're not interpreting it correctly. The Bible is the best interpreter of the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. So here it interprets it for us. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried... Or, if you would, tested. See, it says tempt, but that, that's in, that, in the, that particular place in the scripture and in context with what it's saying he's trying him, he's testing him. So he goes on to say, by faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he, had, and he, that, and he that had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom he was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from whence also he received him in a figure. Abraham just had, if, if this is what God wants me to do, God can raise him up from the dead. If God wants me to take his life, now again, God did not want him to, but he was testing Abraham's faith and obedience to do what I command you to do. Now, listen to me. God will not command you to do something that is not written down in Scripture. It's not given to us in Scripture. So don't go away thinking, go ever get to this thing in your mind, thinking God wants me to do something. If it's wrong, God didn't want you to do that. God did not lead you to do that. But we find here that the Bible says that God has, was about to test Abraham. Abraham knew this because he had already passed several tests. Abraham passed the test to leave his homeland. God came to Abraham and told him exactly what he wanted to do. And he told them that he would make this Abrahamic covenant with him, but he would have to leave his homeland to go to where I tell you to go. Abraham said, God, if that's what you want me to do, I'll go. And he up and went. Another test, he passed the test with Lot. You're to be a blessing. You're to be an example. Israel in the Old Testament 
was to represent an almighty creator God to the world. That's why they were given the law. That's why they were given a different standard because they were to represent God to the rest of the world, much like believers are today. We're not to be part of the world because we are to represent God to the world. We are to be different from the world so that the world can see that there's a different way to live. Abraham passed the test with Lot because if you know the story, Lot's tribemen and Abraham's tribemen did not have a good testimony before the unsaved, the, unbel- the, 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 the lost around them. And their testimony was more important than their possessions. And Lot said, whatever you want, whatever field, whatever land, those possessions are not worth our testimony because we're to have a testimony representing an almighty creator, God. God tested him with that and he told Lot, choose whatever you want. Now the ultimate test. In verse 2, go back there with me. Genesis chapter 22. You following me? Everybody with me tonight? (laughs) All right. I know it's been a long week and you've worked hard and I appreciate it. It's been a blessing. Your work has paid off and God has mightily no doubt used this conference in so many people's lives. And uh, so I know everyone's tired, but stay stay in there. Amen. Get that other half. Do that other half of the what you have to do to receive what God has for you. Half of it is just getting here. You've got that done you're here amen they've locked the doors you can't leave (laughs) the other half is getting what god has for you if he's here in the midst with us which he is and we're preaching his word which we are he has a message for you so stay plugged in get a hold of the message so we find here all right god abraham realized that god was going to test him and he knew this i am to give to god whatever god asks for Now the ultimate test. And he said, take now thy son, thine only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and give thee into the land, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Possibly, what Abraham loved the most in this world. God even refers to that. And he says, offer him as a sacrifice. Can I tell you, many people fear what God might ask them to give. And so when it comes time to make a commitment... You're trying to block it out because if I'm not careful here, I'm going to open myself up to be called to be a missionary. (laughs) If I'm not careful here, I'm going to open myself up to have to leave my home and possibly move out of the United States of America. If I'm not careful, then God's going to call me to Africa. Or somewhere else, maybe, that you, it's the last place that you might want to to go to. And God might test you to see if you're willing to go to the place that you would least likely ever want to go to. (laughs) That's how God works. 
Because God is testing to find out if you'll give God whatever he asks for. Do you love God more than money? A lot of people would say, yes, I do. Then what would you do for money that you wouldn't do for God? If the preacher here would say, if you come next Sunday, everybody who comes through the doors next, month, next Sunday will get $100. And if you bring a visitor, you get $500. How many people do you think would be here? <laughs> How many people would you bring? 500 times 10? Whoa. $5,000. Would you do that for money? Could you, do you think you could do that? And you think for $5,000, I'd get 10 people to show up. And what God asks you to do, go out and bring them in. Amen. Go out and be a witness. Tell people. Get them, get them into church. Get them in under the preaching of the word of God. Be a witness. Now, what would you do for money that you wouldn't do for God? Amen. I mean, just we have to think about it. We have to really narrow that down in our minds and realize, will, am I ready? And do I have faith enough to do whatever it is that God asked me to do? God is putting Abraham through the test. We got to remind ourselves he's God. And if he is God and he's a loving God, a God that sacrificed his only begotten son to die on Calvary's cross for us, it's the only one that God has ever asked to sacrifice a life as far as his blood. The whole Testament, the sacrifices were geared to prepare mankind for the coming of the ultimate sacrifice. God could not ask for too much knowing of his love. I know my wife loves me. We've been married since 1979. And so, uh, what is that, 37 years? 34 years, yeah, my math. (laughs) 34 years. I knew the date. I was not sure. (laughs) 34, that's right, next year is our 35th anniversary. I know that she loves me. She has stayed with me for 30, going on 35 years. Can I tell you that I know for sure she could not ask me for too much? Because she loves me, she knows what I'm able to give and on whatever. But I don't have to, not for one moment would I question anything that she would ask me for. And that's just a wife. That's a lady with a sin nature, as all of us have a sin nature. But I know that she loves me. We should not have any doubt of God's love. He gave his very best for us. He sacrificed his only begotten son. And because of who he is, he could not ask too much of us. God asks for your time. God asks for your talents. 
He's the one that gave it to you. He's the one that gives you the time. He's the one that gives you your abilities, your talents. God asks for the tithe and the offering. That, that's God. He, it's, it's in the Bible. It's exactly what God wants from us. And he's not asking too much. Are we willing to give it? You're as close to God as what you want to be. If you want to draw closer, then commit to giving God what he asks for. Commit to being what God wants you to be. Learn to give God whatever he asks for. As Abraham's going through a test, he's going to learn. He, he already has learned. And when he hears this, God, I've left my homeland. God, I've given up. I let Lot make whatever decisions he wanted to. I Finances was not, was not an issue. Things of this world's not an issue. And then God says, go sacrifice your only son. So the second thing is, don't hesitate once you know. <laughs> because if you hesitate, doubt, Satan will just get into, in there and he'll throw a wrench into things and he'll keep you from receiving the blessings of God. Verse 2 and 3, we find he tells him he wants him to sacrifice Isaac. Don't try to justify giving anything less than what God asked for. Can I tell you that Abraham could have justified it? Asking, doubting. Abraham could have tried to argue his point. God, wait a minute. You don't ask for human sacrifices. That's the pagan philosophy. That's a pagan gods. God had never asked for anyone to take their children and kill their children and human sacrifice. That was not God. But Isaac was a symbol of what he loved most. Do you love him more than me? Wow. Abraham controlled his thoughts and simply trusted God. If you're not careful, can I tell you that we fight spiritual battles before we fight physical battles? And once you know the will of God for your life, I guarantee you you have an adversary, you have someone named Satan that's going to work against and oppose you and what you have committed to do for God or what God has asked you to do for him, there is a spiritual battle that's going to be unleashed upon you. And if you're not careful, he is going to put suggestions in your heart and your mind. He's going to try to control the imaginations of your mind. And he's going to try to talk you out of doing what you know God wants you to do. Abraham, no doubt, was fighting some of those thoughts in those three days traveling with his son, thinking, am I doing the right thing? Wow. He didn't hesitate because he knew God. And he knew that God could not ask too much of him. And once he knew for sure that it was God asking him to do this, he didn't try to talk his way out of it. Didn't try to argue with God. 
He committed to doing what God told him to do. In Hebrews in chapter 11 and verse 18, let me just read it to you. Hebrews in chapter, not going to be much longer, so hang in there. Come on, keep the eyes open, keep the eyes open. <laughs> Hebrews in chapter 11, you got to know where I'm going. I mean, yeah, if you go to sleep now, you're not going to learn where, where all this is leading to. Amen? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 18, the Bible says in verse 18, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Wait a minute, God. You've told me that you're going to bless my seed and it's going to come through Isaac. The Abrahamic covenant was to be passed from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to the 12 children of boys of Jacob to become the 12 tribes of Israel. He knew that God was going to work through Isaac. God, wait a minute. You want me to sacrifice my son that you promised that you would bless? No, you don't find Abraham doing that. You don't find Abraham trying to talk himself out of doing what he knew God wanted him to do. He controlled the imaginations of his mind and he brought every thought to the obedience of Christ and God's will for his life. Psalms chapter 19. Psalms chapter 19. Can I tell you that's exactly what you and I need to do? As we spend enough time to know the will of God for our lives, we spend enough time to know what God would have us to do, no matter what it is. If I know it's God's will for my life, I'm going to commit to doing it. And I'm not going to hesitate. I'm just going to do what God has told me to do because I know it's his will. In Psalms in chapter 19 and verse 7, the Bible says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise is simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure and light. This is what happens when you just yield and do what God tells you to do and trust in Him. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors and cleanse thou me from secret faults? Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. <laughs> I love that. Did you get a hold of what the psalmist was writing there? Once I know the will of God, I commit to it, and I'm not going to be talked out of it. I'm not going to let Satan work and to, to mess up the imagination of my mind, and I'm going to be willing to give God what he asks for. The last thing that we're looking at here, go back with me, Genesis chapter 22. Once you've committed to it, be confident in knowing that God will bless it. That God will bless it. Verse 8. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb. I'm just doing my part. However far I got to go with this, I'm just going to step by step, day by day, do what I know God would have me to do, and he's going to take care of the outcome. God is going to work in this. 
God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Abraham knowing that God was going to work it out somehow, some way. Verse 15. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time once he accomplished it. And said, my, by, by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, you've proven you love me more than money. You love me more than anything else. That in blessing I will bless thee. And in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. Abraham coming down off the mountain with Isaac, who had now been dedicated to God. What a hallelujah time. What a hallelujah time. Early on in my ministry, God taught me a very important lesson. That I was God's. And I needed to turn everything in my possession over to him. Because he could do more with it than what I could do with it. He could take care of it better than I could take care of it. My wife and I were very excited to have our first child, our first little girl, first little baby girl we named Crystal. And thanking God, just praising God for the life that he gave us. I don't know, if you have children, you know what I mean. When, when you look at the, in the face of that little child, you realize the miracle of childbirth. God has given to us this child. And then you start thinking about the responsibilities of parenthood and and God, I need your help. I thank you for this child. I want, to, I want to raise her as you want her to be raised. I want to be all that I can be as a father to my child. And I remember having those thoughts and sharing those thoughts and just, just asking God to help me. Ten days after we had Crystal, she come home and she got somehow uh, got, had a virus. And... Uh, we had to take her back into the hospital. It was only 10 days. We only had her 10 days. And they had to shave her little head and they put, a, an, and put her in a little isolate and put IVs on the top of her head. And they said, we don't know. We can't figure out what kind of virus. It could be several different kinds. And she's so little that the virus would go through her system very quickly. Her heart was beating twice as fast. or It was uh, such a high number. If I remember right, it was on 120. And her temperature fever was spiking. And through this whole time, I'm thinking, God, thank you for my little girl. But God, you got to heal her. Or you, surely you didn't give me my little baby girl to take her away from me so soon. And I remember just getting with God and, and arguing with God as far as, Lord, you've got a healer. They're, they're telling me that they don't know that she's going to make it through this. And I remember being at the hospital for two days there and we're just looking at her, wanting her to get better and praying that she would get better. And she was only getting worse. And that one night, it was about midnight, the doctors had been there and the nurse come in and she said, this is a critical night. If she doesn't, if it doesn't turn 
If what we're giving her does not help, it doesn't turn, she won't make it through the night. And I remember just being devastated with that. And I thought, no way. God, you can't take our little baby girl. One o'clock, her heart rate was still spiking. Medicines didn't seem to be working. And I remember going down to the chapel area. About 1.30, I went to the chapel, and I remember I was a young pastor at that time, a youth pastor, actually. And I said, God, you're God. <laughs> and I know you love me, and I know that if anyone could love my little girl more than me, it's only you. God, if you want to take her, She's yours. God, if that's your will for our lives, if you have a better good that can come out of this, if you wanted to use that 10-day-old little girl to impact our lives for the rest of Lord, I know that you have a purpose, and I know that you have a plan. And God, if it's your plan to take our little girl, then God, she's yours. And I meant it. Because I was willing at that point to give God whatever God asked for. I was there for about a half hour. I went back upstairs. My wife had a little kind of a smile on her face. First time I seen her smile. The nurse had come in. 1.30. And said... It's getting better. We must have got the right medication. The heart rate's coming down. It looks like your daughter's going to make it. God taught me early on in my ministry. He can't ask for too much. I need to be willing to give God whatever God asks for. It's a lesson we find from Abraham willing to sacrifice his only son. What's God asking you for? He's God. He can't ask for too much. Give him what he asks for. You'll be blessed because of it. If I could have every head bowed, every eye closed. <laughs> Even on my way down, I rejoiced over the peace that God gave me and turning it over to God. And then when I found out that she was going to make it, I rejoiced even more, thanking God that he was going to allow me to be her daddy and raise her to serve him. God bless his faithfulness. Be faithful to give God whatever he asks for.
Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord God, for loving us. I thank you, Lord, for this church, the opportunity that you have provided me to be here and to experience this ministry here. I thank you for that. And God, now I pray that you would use the message preached tonight to touch the lives of each one that's here. I pray, God, that each one here would get a hold of this biblical principle, this biblical truth. And whatever it is that you speak to them about, God, they would be willing to give you whatever it is that you're asking for. And as they by faith do what you want them to do, I pray, God, your hand of blessing would be upon them. I pray, God, that you would give them even more than what they could have ever expected. Give them more of that peace and joy and strength. God, continue to work in and through this church and every member that make up this church. I pray for this invitation now, God, as we've listened and as we have received from you that which you have for us, spiritually tonight, if there's those that need to make decisions, Lord, help us to make them tonight and not talk ourselves out of them, not to let the old adversary, not to to let Satan work in any way to hinder us, but help us to commit to whatever you'd have us to commit to. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.